Hallelujah. Is somebody happy to be in the house of God? Are you sure? This morning, I don't know whether the rain is trying to make us feel funny, but the rains are actually supposed to make us more excited because it comes with a lot of blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be here this morning to hear God's word. And I want you to believe with me that you will not leave this place the same. God is going to minister to you directly. God is going to speak to you directly. And your life will be touched. Hallelujah. Before I minister, I will let us do something briefly. And then... I'll begin to speak. Please, can you give me the book of Luke chapter 9? The book of Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Luke 9, 28. The book of Luke chapter 9, verse 28 downwards, talks about the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And in this story of the transfiguration, when we read, we realize that out of the 12 disciples that Jesus Christ had, there were only three of them who experienced this transfiguration. And I was asking myself why there were just three of them whilst there are 12 disciples. We had only three of them experiencing the transfiguration with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was telling me that in the move of God, for those who will be willing to avail themselves, the Lord is going to move with them. Hallelujah. So what it's meant to me is that if you make yourself available for the Lord to use you, it's also going to show you great and wondrous things. Hallelujah. So let's read it. It says that, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Hallelujah. The next one. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men standing with him, the glory of the Lord is going to come upon you this morning. You didn't hear me well. I said the glory of the Lord is going to come upon you this morning. You see, we've gotten to a point in our lives that if you are not ready for the next level, we'll leave you behind. Did you hear what I said? If you are not ready for the next level and the next move that God wants to do in this place, if you don't take care, we'll leave you behind. So, you see these three disciples that were with Jesus while the transfiguration was taking place, 
we realize that even in the Bible, John was the one who had the revelation. So he wrote the book of Revelations. And Peter, we already know, it was the rock on which the church was built upon. Unfortunately, James, he was killed before his time. So we didn't hear much about James. But apart from these three main disciples, which of the, which of the disciples did we hear much about? Apart from Judas Iscariot, who did, who did harm to Jesus Christ? And then maybe the doubting Thomas. Who else did we hear about? Nobody. But these three. This morning, I want you to rise up on your feet. We are going to pray a prayer briefly before I start. We are going to pray this morning. Lift up your hands. In five minutes, we'll do this. I don't know about you, but I am yearning so much, so much to move to another level with God. So that our experience another move with God. We've been at one place for too long, and it's like at every point in time we have to be moved. We have to be—I uh, mean, uh, we have to find a way to tell you stories so that you bring your minds back home. But we—we—we we, we, we are not ready for those things. This is the time for you to make yourself available so that you'll be able to what, experience the glory of God. The, the, where we are going eh, trust me if you slack we'll leave you behind the other disciples were left behind by Jesus Christ he didn't leave them because he did not like them oh. he left them behind because he realized these disciples were not serious they were not serious so once he knew that the transfiguration was going to take place on that mountain it took with him those who were serious with him. I want you to lift up your hands this morning and tell God that you want to make a new change in your life. A drastic change where you make yourself available to the things of God. In the next few minutes, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray. Tell God that you want to be serious with him. You don't want to be on the same level you used to be. You are tired of being at one place. You are tired of praying five minutes prayer. You are tired of not reading your scriptures. You are tired of not evangelizing. I don't know about you, but something is burning in me so much that I feel that I am not even doing much for the things of God. There are some of you, you are supposed to be doing a lot of things in the house of God, but you are not doing it. But this morning, I want you to lift up your voice and tell God that you are ready to make yourself available for him to use you and that you are ready for the next level. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Say, Lord, I am available. Lord, I am available. Use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Like Peter, like James, like John, our Lord Jesus Christ, handpicked 
them and move them to the next level and they experience the transfiguration listen that thing happened just once in the bible it happened just once and the, the three of them were the only ones who had the opportunity to see elijah and moses the other disciples did not get the opportunity this morning tell god that you are ready you are ready for that new move for that next move for that next level lift up your voice and begin to pray for some of you the friends around you they are the ones making it difficult for you to move to the next level but this morning you are telling God you want to clear them off your way because if you don't clear them you will not experience that glory if you don't take them off your way you will not experience that realm for some of you is that sin that has been holding you back but this morning you are saying that lord i am overcoming that sin i am taking myself off that sin because i want to experience that glory i want to experience that glory lift up your voice i want to see you pray sending for the next level in the name of jesus the things the Lord wants to use us for we have no idea but some of us whilst the Lord is getting closer we are taking three steps backwards we are taking two steps backwards but this morning you are saying the Lord I am ready for you you are saying the Lord I am ready I am ready I am ready that personal revival is going to come to you it is going to come to you but that friend that does not speak to you about Christ that does not speak to you about the things of God is the one drawing you back she is the one drawing you back but this morning we are praying and saying the Lord we are clearing all those people off all those setbacks the things that hold us back and stop us from moving from one level to the other as Christians we are not supposed to be complacent if you are here and you analyze your spiritual life and you are not seeing any movement in your spirituality especially in this year of increase my dear brother my dear sister there is something wrong with you there is something wrong with you I cannot hear you pray say the Lord move me to the next level Lord move me to the next level Lord move me to the next level some of you you are saying that i came back from camp and the things i used to experience when i was camp i was a camp i am not experiencing it anymore oh my dear brother my dear sister that is not the case that is not the case the case is that you have decided to step back twice you have decided to step back twice that is why you are not experiencing it but this morning you want to stretch forth your hands and say the Lord I am availing myself I'm bringing myself back to you I'm bringing myself back to you and saying the Lord I want to experience it on a daily basis I want to encounter you on a daily 
Pesesa, Rico Tondola Bossa, La Papa Papa Papa, Rico Tondola Bossa, Riquetendelebo. As we are praying now, I see the angels of the Lord. They begin to touch some of you. He seeing those of you who are ready for that next move. The angels of the Lord is beginning to touch you now. It's going to touch you. Some of you, you have set your mouth and you are not praying. Some of you, you tilted your mind to something else. But I am saying for you, your position will be like those ordinary disciples who are not willing to move to the next level with God. But for those of you who are yearning, who are praying in your heart and you are believing that the God that we serve can move you to the next level and take you to that level to experience his glory. I see the Lord touching you this morning. I see the Lord touching you this morning. If the person next to you is not praying, shift him aside, push him aside. Rika papa, I don't know about you, but I am tired of being one place for longer. I am tired of being one place for longer. I am tired. I am tired. I am tired. I don't want to be a complacent Christian. I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. I want to experience that glory. That glory. That glory. That glory that comes with uh, availing oneself uh, to the things of God. Uh, I want to avail myself this morning. that the Holy Spirit will use you, that the Holy Spirit will make good use of the anointing that has been placed upon your life in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands. Last three minutes. Say after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I cannot hear you well. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I come before you this morning, this morning, this morning. I want to experience you. I want to experience you in the next level. And the next level of your glory, of your glory, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in this meeting, in this garden, in this garden, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, touch me, touch me, Holy Spirit, touch me, touch me, touch me, make me a point of contact, of contact for your glory. For your glory this morning this morning now now i have filled myself i have filled myself i have filled myself for this new glory for this new glory and the next level and the next level now now clap your hands and begin to pray 
clap your hands begin to pray begin to pray say lord i am ready for that next glory clap your hands and pray if you are not clapping your hands, you are a suspect this morning. If you are not clapping your hands, you are a suspect this morning. If you are not praying, you are a suspect this morning. God is ready to move us to that level, to that level. The Holy Ghost is more than willing to move us to that next level. Oh, clap your hands and pray. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. God is moving us. The Lord is moving us to that next level. Saints of the Lord is moving us. The Holy Ghost is moving us to that next level this morning. In the name of Jesus, if you are ready for it, clap your hands and pray. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Your moment of glory is today. Your moment of glory is this morning. Somebody, I want to assure you. The Holy Ghost is willing, is willing to give you the Holy Ghost that, and the Holy Ghost that, that will move you to the next level. Oh, Sakalabosa. Hey, Oh, clap your hands and pray. Clap your hands. I declare over our life this morning. The Lord is moving us. The Lord is moving us to the next level of His glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I am here to announce to you the Holy Ghost is moving us. It's moving us. Don't be let out. Don't be let out. Oh, Lord, Palabosa. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Pray like you need it. Pray like after today, you will not have it anymore. Pray. Open your mouth and pray. Ah, Oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, oh the glory is coming upon us this morning. It's coming upon us this morning in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what you are going through. What the Lord said he will do. He will do it. He will do it. This morning, the Holy Spirit is doing it. This morning, 
the Holy Spirit is moving, it's moving, and he's doing it once again. To allow anybody to distract you this morning. In the name of Jesus. We just started. We have prayed for ourselves this morning. Today I'm speaking on the subject of intercession. I needed to build us up spiritually. Because when I'm done preaching, which will be very short, we are going to spend time to intercede for the new church. Hallelujah. We spend enough time to pray for the twin church. That whatever is holding us back, today, we are going to take ourselves off it. That we will become useful in the house of God. That the Lord will use us mightily like we have never imagined. I remember the donkey that had been tied. And Jesus Christ needed a donkey to ride on. That donkey that was useless. That they had no respect. Because in those days, the donkeys they used, to, they used them to carry luggage and all those things. It became useful. Because the king of kings and the lord of lords himself rode on that same donkey. That we will become useful in God's house. That teen church will become relevant in our time and in our generation. Hallelujah. I want us to take our seats. <clears throat> Good morning once again. And <clears throat> like I already said, today I'm continuing I'm continuing on my subject of intercession. I started something last week. Um, I will quickly build on it and then we will pray. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for this morning for his presence in this place and we are praying that he will take control over the rest of the service. I pray that the Lord will also open your hearts and your minds that you will not be distracted that nothing will change or shift your mind from this meeting that you will stay focused, that you will not lose your focus and your attention to the word that is coming to you this morning. We will not allow the enemy to take the word from you, that the word will stay and it will grow and it will become fruitful in our lives. Amen. So, last week I was talking about the subject of intercession. 
And I made mention of the fact that intercession means that you standing in the gap. We standing in the gap for someone else. So that a prayer concerning that person will materialize. Hallelujah. So, intercession. You are standing in the gap as an individual and praying concerning a particular subject which has nothing to do with you. Note that one. Intercession has nothing to do with the person interceding. It will not benefit you personally. I hope you get what I'm saying. It will not benefit you as an individual. So you are thinking about somebody else or a situation or something that has been on your mind or on your heart. Something that is troubling you. But it has nothing to do with you as an individual. So intercession has nothing to do with you praying that God should help you to get 10 ones in your BEC. It's a selfish prayer. So intercession is selfless prayers. Hallelujah. So, it is also a burden that God places on an individual's heart. A burden. A burden. So, example, God has also put a burden on my heart concerning the youth church. So, every day, myself and my intercessors, we are praying for the youth church because we feel that the things that God is supposed to be doing here, that we are praying for, we are not seeing them. So it has become a burden to us. That is what gives us sleepless nights. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about the you church. When I wake up in the morning, you church. In the afternoon, you church. In the evening, you church. So it's a burden that the Lord has placed on my heart. And this burden will continue to be there until myself and my intercessors begin to see it materialize. It is the same way that you also have a brother or a sister who is misbehaving and it is troubling you why your brother is always stealing your parents' money. Why? You don't understand. So if it has become a burden and it is bothering you, you can take it as a prayer topic and begin to intercede for your brother. That is also intercession. Because it has become a burden that is on you. It is always disturbing you. So you will take it upon yourself that because of the attitude of my brother or that sister, God, I'm beginning to pray from today going until I see that change happen. I'm not going to cease. That is what intercession is about. A burden that God places in the heart of an individual. Now Jesus, who is our great high priest, he provided the greatest form of example when it comes to intercession. One example 
of the greatest form of intercession that Jesus Christ proved to us was when he was being crucified on the cross with those two thieves. He was in the middle, one on his left hand side, the other one on his right hand side. And the other one was criticizing Jesus Christ that you, you claim that you are the son of God, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Deliver yourself and deliver us too. If God has indeed called you, this is the time for you to prove it. And he was challenging Jesus. Nonetheless, the other one who believed that yes, indeed, is the Christ, was, he was telling his other friend that, see, we have committed a sin and we deserve what we are going through. But this man there, he has not done anything, but he's still part of us. And the thief told Jesus Christ that wherever you will go, you should remember him. Jesus Christ at this point told him that his sins have been forgiven and that you will also be with him in paradise. It is a form of intercession because Jesus has that right to intervene on behalf of that thief. So that's one way Jesus Christ proved to us that he's the greatest high priest to intercede on our behalf. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, it says that therefore he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus Christ is always interceding on our behalf. He's interceding on our behalf as Christians. Day in, day out, we are always sinning. We are going the other way. We are going off. So even if nobody here is praying for you, I want you to know that Jesus, who is our main intercessor, is always interceding on our behalf. Hallelujah. I hope you are following me. Now, the initiative for intercession also comes from God. And we also see that in the story of the fall of man. What did God do? God decided to bring Jesus Christ to come and die for our sins. Maybe God could have just decided, that, okay, fine. Man, he has fallen. The next thing is, myself, I'm going to forgive him. Let's move on with life. But God did not do it so. But he brought his son Jesus Christ to come and die for our to come and die for our sins. And he used Jesus Christ as a form of intercession to bring us back into that good relationship with God once again. Hallelujah. Intercession has also been described as a love response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit for an urgent need. It's a love response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit for an urgent need. A love response. When you hold something dear to your heart, you go all out for it. When something is so dear to you, you go all out for it. So assuming 
want to use a very good example. Okay. So yesterday, we met here and we were praying. Myself and the intercessors. And I was telling them that there is a particular group in the church right now that I feel some form of um, how do you call it? I feel attracted that we should spend some special time to be praying for those group of people. I was telling them yesterday that they need our prayers now. They need us to be interceding on their behalf now. And who are this group of people? They're people who just finished their writing their wasi. So I was telling them that that is one thing that the Lord has laid on my heart recently. That those who just finished writing their bees, it was he. We need to shift some form of special focus for them. That we'll pray some special form of prayer for them. We'll be interceding on their behalf because they find themselves in a, in a, in a how do you call it? Um, I don't want to use the word critical moment. But they find themselves at a, at a time that if we don't intercede on their behalf, we might never know what will come out of them. So yesterday I was telling them that we'll be interceding for this group of people frequently in as much as we'll be praying for the youth church. We are going to set them aside. And we are doing that because of the special affection that the Lord has placed on my heart for those group of people. Are you with me? Intercession too can be a simple cry to the Lord for someone who love and care about. Intercession generally begins and ends at God's direction. I like this particular one. It begins and ends at God's own direction. So when you start interceding, you cannot end until the Lord tells you that the time is right for you to stop. You cannot end by yourself. And for some of us intercessors, usually we find ourselves doing the other way around. Where we start beginning to intercede on a particular matter for some time and then we lose interest. We get discouraged because the kind of results we want to see, we are not seeing it. So we start losing faith. We start going down. We are like, this thing will not be possible. But as intercessors or as an intercessor or in intercession, you must have faith till the very end. Till the very end. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. Some years back in this place, something happened here involving one of our senior um, teens then, or the youth, one of our seniors. And we were called to come and pray. It was knocked down by a, a car. 
And per the reports that we were getting at that time, it looked like a life and death situation. And they called us around 8 p.m. to come and pray for him. 8 o'clock we were praying. 9 o'clock we were praying. 10 o'clock we were praying. 11 we were still interceding for him. It got to a time myself, I started asking myself questions. We are not getting any feedback from them at the hospital. That, you know, he's going to make it or he's not going to make it. And I wasn't sure whether I should still be praying. Not myself. There were some of us who were not too sure whether they should continue with the intercession or they should break. But some way, somehow, at a point, we got so energized that we should keep on praying. And we kept praying. And by 12 o'clock, we received the good news to the glory of God that he's responding. And today, that young man is still alive to the glory of God. So, in intercession, you don't end. When you start, it must continue till the very end until God tells you that you should stop. You cannot stop. So, some of you, maybe there are some prayers you've been praying concerning other people, your family, maybe your parents' business, or concerning your parents' health or somebody's health in your family. You are praying about it. You are praying and you are not seeing anything. Please, this is not the time for you to stop. This is the time for you to even go the extra mile. Because the miracle you are believing God for is just at the corner and it is coming your way. But the enemy will start telling you nice stories. It is over. You've done it for too long. Why don't you just give up? God will take over. No, it is the voice of the enemy. So anytime you are praying some form of prayers which has nothing to do with you, and you start hearing those kind of voices, that is the time for you to even rise on your feet and begin to pray more. Hallelujah. During intercession, we rely on the Holy Spirit for direction and help. Is very important. During intercession, we rely on the Holy Spirit for direction and help. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Give me the book of Romans chapter 8 verse, 20, verse 26. Romans 8 verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Hallelujah. When we are interceding, at that point, it is no longer us. We are depending entirely on the Holy Ghost. We are depending on the Holy Ghost. Because there are some of the prayers that the West will not be able to, the West will not be enough to express what we want to tell God. And I know many of us have been there. When you are praying for, or you are interceding on a particular issue, you start saying it. Let's use an example. Somebody is sick. 
in your family. And you are praying that, or you are interceding for that person to get healed. What will you say in words? God heal my brother. God heal him. Let the blood of Jesus take charge, cleanse him. It will get to a time that the words will finish. And when the word finish, that is when the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray some form of deep prayers and intercession that you will not be able to express in words and in diction. So in intercession, we must rely solely on the Holy Spirit and nothing else. You must not rely on your own understanding when it comes to intercession. Because the spirits can lead you to anything. So the Bible says that for the arm of flesh will fail us. We don't depend on the flesh when it comes to intercession. We don't depend on our own strength and our own energy. Hallelujah. I'm going to give us two scenarios of intercession in the Bible and then we'll pray. Please give me the book of Genesis chapter 20. Genesis 20. Verse 3. I'll read 3 to 7. Now I'll explain it and then we'll continue again. Genesis 20 verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night. Please don't sleep. Don't sleep. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. No, let's go back. Let me say something briefly there. Now, this Abimelech, he has gone to take somebody's wife. And this is what God is telling him. God is telling him that he is good as dead. Note it down. We'll come back to it. Now, God is telling Abimelech that he is good as dead because he has gone for somebody's wife. Let's move on. Because he's a married woman. Now, Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Now, the man in question here is very innocent. Abimelech, very innocent man. He hasn't done any bad thing. The people in question, they have rather brought this thing to him. Abraham and Sarah, they've lied to Abimelech that they are siblings and that they are not married people. So Abraham has given his wife Sarah to Abimelech to marry. And now God is telling him that he's good as dead because he has taken somebody's wife and he himself didn't know about it. Let's move on. Then God said to him, in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet. Talking about Abraham here. That Abraham is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. Abraham has to play, he has what? Pray for Abimelech. 
so that he will live. Because God has declared him a dead man. God has declared somebody a dead man. How can you reverse this case? A dead man. But this same God is telling him that he should go to Abraham and tell him that he should pray for him. Now Abraham, who is on the, who is on the receiving end, somebody whose wife has been taken from him, is the one supposed to be praying for, the, for Abimelech, the person he has given his wife to. He has to intercede for him. In intercession, there are times that you find yourself even praying for your enemies. Some of you don't like that one. Because as for our enemies, we always pray that they should die. Am I telling lies? Suffer not a wish to live. <laughs> he must die today. We call them dead. <laughs> by fire, by tender, they must die. <laughs> and when it gets to those prayers, that is when we are energized. <laughs> because they are troubling us so much. So we wish they would die at that very moment whilst we are praying. But this time around, this is what God is saying. That Abraham, he should not pray for Abimelech to die. Even though God had pronounced death upon him, God is saying that Abimelech should go to Abraham so that he will pray for him. He should intercede for him. God did not say that, okay, because you are an innocent man, I will will spare you. I will forgive you. You just give um, Sarah back to him and then go your way. Don't have anything to do with them anymore. But God is saying and instructing Abimelech that he should go to Abraham so that Abraham will rather pray for him. Abraham is now supposed to be an intercessor for his enemy. Isn't that strange? And he will pray for you and you will live. So after the intercession from Abraham, Abimelech will get to live. He will live again. So the death judgment that has been passed on him by the almighty God himself is going to change because of what? Intercession. So I am here to tell you, my dear brother, my dear sister, that anybody who has even pronounced death upon any member of your family. If you pray about it, God can change it. You didn't hear that one. I said, you see, if I said that we should stand up on our feet and begin to pray that our enemies will die, we will pray that one. No. But this time around, I'm saying that, listen, no. this time around, I'm saying that if the enemy has pronounced death on anybody in your family hmm, or anybody close to you, if you, even if you don't know the person, but you intercede on, the, on behalf of those people, God can turn around and change the situation. That is the essence of intercession. That when we intercede, God can change the situation around. He can turn it around just because you have decided to intercede on behalf of those people. Hallelujah. And I pray for that grace upon each and every one of us here that the Lord will touch our hearts, 
that the Lord will minister to us, that the Lord will speak directly to us on the things that people are doing, that when we stand on our feet and we begin to pray, those things will begin to turn around for our good in the name of Jesus. Give me the 17 and the 18 so that I will close on this chapter. The 17 and the 18. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his slave girls so they could have children. So, it looks like Abimelech and his wife, they were not having children. That's what I'm drawing from this. Because he's saying that God healed Abimelech, his wife. He didn't talk about the children. His slave girls, so they could have children again. So, after the death warrant was changed, other blessings came upon the life of Abimelech. Give me the 18. For the Lord had closed up every room in Abimelech's household because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. So because Abraham gave his wife, Sarah, to Abimelech, look at the care that came upon him. But our God, who is so good and believes in the power of intercession, it changed the situation around. It turned the situation around. And rather, instead of a death warrant for Abimelech and his household, by intercession and by prayer, it turned into a moment of glory and a moment of blessing for the house of Abimelech. Hallelujah. Give a hand unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So like I was saying, we will end up interceding for people that we don't even like. And when those things come our way, we should not say no to it. When the time comes for us to intercede for our enemies, we should not say that because they are our enemies, we will not intercede on their behalf. Hallelujah. A curse was also reversed as a result of what? True intercession. A curse was reversed. We also receive what we haven't prayed for when we intercede for others. When you are interceding for other people, you should also know that whilst you are praying for them, the Lord is also answering the things that you also have on your heart and on your mind. The things that are bothering you. God is also going to what? Deal with those things. There are some of us who say, we have never prayed for anybody before. When we go for a prayer meeting, they say we should pray for other people, then that one will change our face. We will not pray. Because it has nothing to do with us. But I want you to know that whilst you are interceding on behalf of other people, God will be answering your prayers as well. You didn't say amen to that. I said whilst you are interceding for other people, 
God is also what's going to what answer your prayers. You do not have to say those prayers, but God who searches our hearts uh, and the God who knows the things that bothers us, uh, whilst you are praying for somebody and interceding for somebody else, God is also going to send his angels to also what? Work on your behalf and answer all those prayers that you hold dear to your heart. From today, when we get opportunity, to intercede for others and for even our enemies. We should not redraw. We should go all out for it. Hallelujah. Intercession can also change the mind of God. Intercession. True intercession or proper intercession can change the mind of God. I want to share this story with you. Time is already gone. And then we'll pray. As an intercessor, there's one thing that you must also pray for. Which is the spirit of discernment. That you'll be able to discern. How many of us know what it means when we say the spirit of discernment? Let me see my hands. So that I have to explain myself. Discernment. Raise your hands and let me see. Okay, so majority of us. The ability to be sensitive to the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants to do as an intercessor is one gift that the Lord will give to you that you'll be able to discern because He's giving it to you so that you'll be able to what, pray for people and intercede on their behalf. I had a friend and this friend when I met her she's been married for over five years and she did not have a child and I say that I'm an intercessor I pray for people so when I met her and she told me about it I was moved because I empathized with her and I felt it wasn't right that for somebody like her because she was a very good person it shouldn't be happening to her so when I had my first child she decided to gift my daughter a present so when she gave it to me and the Holy Spirit ministered to me that the gift she has given to me for my child, I should use that gift to be interceding on her behalf. I did not understand. But I accepted it in good faith. So anytime I get the opportunity to pray for her, I'll hold on to that gift and I'll be praying. I'll be praying. I'll be praying. I'm rounding up, okay? Then we'll pray. I'm just saying this to uplift your spirit. And I'll be praying, praying. And then one day, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. And I saw that she was pregnant for, for five months. But this is somebody I see every day. And I haven't seen any pregnancy. So I was confused whether to go and tell her about it or not to tell her. 
but I moved with faith and I called her and I told her that this is what the Lord has told me that she's pregnant for five months but this summer also with a flat tummy so I wasn't <laughs> because if it doesn't happen then it means I have lied it means I didn't see well so I told her after telling her it means that now I have to pray so that what the Holy Spirit has told me about her must manifest it must take place so I kept on praying with her I kept on praying because what I have seen must materialize it means that if it doesn't happen something is wrong I have lied my integrity is at stake <laughs> and I've had courage to go and tell her about it and she was excited about it after four months to five months do when I see her she says she's not feeling fine she's not feeling fine so I'm like feeling fine okay malaria malaria and then after some time I started hearing people saying funny things she's in my office so started saying funny things about her that she's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Honestly speaking, myself, I wasn't sure whether she was pregnant or not. But to the glory of God, she was pregnant. She has given birth and she has given birth again. What I'm trying to say is that there is real power in intercession. And when you hold on to intercession and you begin to pray, like I'm saying, whilst you are praying for other people, God will also be dealing with the things that concerns you. There are some prayers I will not stand on my feet to pray concerning myself because it is already done. Because God knows that my focus is somewhere else. It doesn't mean that I don't pray for myself. I do. But what I'm trying to say is that if I have decided to be an intercessor, or if you have decided to be an intercessor and be praying for other people, I want you to know that God is also going to water you. God will not let you down. God will answer to your prayers too. And that is what God is calling us to. That we will not always be thinking about ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for yourself. No. But I'm saying that there is also real power in intercession. Because there are people that we know. There are people who are close to us. That we know that they are going through things. But we don't even spend time to pray for them. Some of you, you know your parents are going through financial crisis. But you don't care. You don't care. What you care about is that you, they'll pay your fees. They'll give you your money to go to school. They'll give you the food you need. Whatever you want that you just provide. But you are not praying for them. Same way you have siblings who are also struggling academically. But you will not spend one minute to pray for them. Because you want to be the favorite child. So because you are on top of your class, you are fine. You don't care. The focus must be there are suspects here. 
I feel it in my spirit. You want to be the favorite. So because you're always on top, when the results come, your parents are always hailing you. And then your other siblings say, oh, boom, oh, and then you're happy. But you should rather be moved with some form of compassion and say that, God, you've sorted me out. Sort my brother out. Sort my sister out. That is what it means by intercession. That you go on your feet and pray for your brother and pray for your sister. That God will also what help them to also perform well academically. But that is not the case for us. But today I'm calling us to one thing. That we'll stop thinking about ourselves. That we should stop thinking about being selfish. And saying that, oh, as for prayers, it has to do with just me and nobody else. Things must go on for me and nobody else. Some of you, you have never even prayed for Ghana before. But you are Ghanaians. But you've never prayed for Ghana before. All years that, oh, Ghana is going through economic crisis. But you don't care. Say, oh, IMF is in Ghana. You don't care. But this is the time for us to also be praying for Ghana. That is what intercession is about. Because if you want to see real change, then you must be interested in what? The spiritual aspect of that real change. It's not only left for intercessors, but I believe that we are all intercessors in one way or the other. Everybody here. Because of time, I will not be able to talk about those aspects. There are some other ones I want to talk about, but the time will not permit us. I would have shown you some areas that God has called each and every one of us to. That you have to identify. And when you identify that that is the area the Lord is laying upon your heart, you will focus on praying on that. Because like I'm saying, the burden is upon everyone, all of us. All of us here. The burden is on all of us here. One way or the other, there is something that the Lord has placed on everybody's heart. That has nothing to do with you as an individual. Then it means that that burden that the Lord has given to you, he is expecting that you pray about it. Some of you, when you sleep, you see God shows you so many things in your dreams. You see bad things coming, but you don't even pray about them. You don't care. But why is God revealing those things to you? He's revealing those things to you because he has made you an intercessor for that particular thing. So today, I am here to reveal to you and to tell you that anytime God reveals something to you, it means that he has called you into intercession for that particular thing. He has called you to intercession. When you sleep, you see, you see that somebody has died. Eh? The person is dead. I saw that the person is dead. Oh, it will happen. You will die. And you are happy about it. Oh, since the Lord has revealed it, it will happen. But God reveals to redeem. If God has shown you that somebody is going to die, you think that he just showed it to you for, for, for the sake of proclaiming that the person will truly die? No. God wants you to what? Pray for that person. Hallelujah. I'll end it here today. I want us to be on our feet.
I want you to lift up your hands to the heaven. Can I have some soloists here? A soloist. I'll pray for one last group of people whilst you are praying. I want you to pray. You have heard this word about intercession. I want you to lift up your voice in the next few minutes and begin to tell God that you are ready to be used as an intercessor. For your family, you want the Lord to take you out. You want God to lift you out. You want God to select you out. He should pick you out and make you that intercessor in your family, that intercessor in your classroom, in the next few minutes, begin to pray that you are ready for that call. You are ready for that call as an intercessor. That you will stand in the gap. That you are ready for that burden. That mighty and that strong burden. You are ready for it. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. And once we are praying, if you are here and you believe strongly in your heart and in your mind, and you are convinced by the Holy Spirit that you have been called to true intercession, I want you to come forward this morning. I want serious people, if you are convinced, if you are not convinced, don't come forward. If you know the Lord has spoken to you about intercession, and you believe strongly that God is calling you out to pray for nations, to pray for people, come out. For those of you at the back that have not been called, begin to pray for yourself. Let God make you a special intercessor in your own way. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and say that, Lord, the spirit of intercession, I want it to come upon me this morning. That from today, I'll begin to pray for others. I will not focus on just myself, but the burden of an intercessor, I want it to come upon me this morning. In the name of Jesus. There are some of you who are still standing there. That conviction, that conviction to stand in the gap for others. You know it, the Lord has showed it to you. Not once, not twice, but a couple of times. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. If the God that we serve has called you into that intercession, I want you to come forward this morning. Those of you at the back, I want you to also begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. The grace to intercede on behalf of others. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. The grace. The God that we set to grant you that grace to be able to speak and intercede on behalf of others. In the name of Jesus. For those of you at the front, I want you to lift up your hands. Begin to receive it. Receive the grace for intercession. 
receive it. The Holy Spirit will begin to touch you now. That from today, the anointing of an intercessor will come upon you in the name of Jesus. From today, you are receiving the anointing of an intercessor in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Those of you at the front, begin to receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Hapanarabosete. Those of you at the back, I want to hear you pray. Those of you at the back, I want to hear you pray. Receive it, Lord. Lord, let your anointing come
feel free to share with them. Okay. Our department meetings are as follows. We will change some of this very shortly. On Saturdays, we meet from 2 to 5.30 p.m. And at 5.30, all departments meet from 2 to 5.30 p.m. We have different types of departments. And at 5.30 to 6, we have a, a prayer meeting for all the departments together. And from 6 to 7, the facilitators have their time of prayer and fellowship. On Mondays, from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., we have a Bible study, which is also uh, streamed by Zoom. Um, the link is normally shared. Don't go ahead of me. The, loom is normally, the link is normally shared. Um, so um, if you are interested and you cannot come, you may also join us by Zoom. Okay. Educational financial aid. In this church, we have an educational trust fund which we use to help youth who have difficulties with uh, uh, finances um, to take out school and other related issues. If you have any such burden, please don't wait to the last minute. And don't be shy about it. See any facilitator you are free with and pour out your heart to them and then we'll see how we can help you. Do I make myself clear? I'm saying that we have a fund as Teen Chapel that we use to help people yeah, teen chapel members who are in financial need. Okay, so if you happen to be going in through such need, see a facilitator that, that you are free with and talk about it. Then we'll see how we can help you. And don't wait for too long. And don't try to come and play any for one nine on us because we shall catch you. All right. Uh, shall catch you. You have caught some people before. Yeah. All right. Okay. New Breed Rally. On the 15th of October, which is a Saturday, from 9 a.m. throughout the whole day, we have a New Breed Rally. Uh, for your information, in ICGC, New Breed is those who are between 16 and 24 years old. And then we have uh, great speakers who will be speaking. There will be time of prayer and revival. Uh, Pastor Kujo will be speaking. Pastor Prince will be there. Reverend uh, Amu Asari will also be around. Uh, don't miss it. If you are available, don't miss it. Yeah. It's a very good prelude to some of the things that we'll be doing in Teen Chapel. Okay. Is that the last slide? I think that's okay. That's the end of the announcement. But I have a few um, emphasis that I want to make on announcements. I should have done this last week. All the men in the house, please stand up. I mean, I'm calling you men because I'm seeing you as you will be. All the teenage boys and men in the house, please stand up. Okay. In the last quarter of this year, in the last quarter, we are going to do a lot of boys-related ministry. Ladies, we haven't neglected you, but I think our ladies have been very active and have been more involved. In, if you notice, for example, the 
choir is basically a female voice choir. Choreography, female dramatic team. Even intercessors choir, you virtually have female intercessors. There are very few male intercessors. For now to October, we are going to, hey, sorry, for now to the end of the year, we are going to build and develop. If you don't volunteer yourself, I'll volunteer every one of you. And we shall spot and develop talents and giftings. So just avail yourself. We are going to develop men intercessors. You say amen. Whether I say amen or not, me, I'm declaring it. And we shall do it. We are going to form a male voice choir. Don't tell me you don't have voice. All of you are automatically in the choir. Until we, we shift and do voice training and then get our proper male voice choir. And the rest will be backers. You cannot, you cannot run away. I'm serious about this. I'm not joking about it too. These are spiritual directions I'm giving. So listen carefully and follow. We shall have a solely male Choreography group. So please, if you are talented or gifted in any of these things, and maybe you don't like the way the ladies have been doing it, so you don't want to join them, or if you have some other giftings or talents as a man that you want to use, you just come and see me or see any of the facilitators. For the next quarter, is male emphasis on ministry. The ladies are not neglected, though, but the emphasis is on the male because the male we are drawing back. And like Uncle Nicholas said, if you don't move along, we shall, we shall leave you behind. You know my philosophy. I don't leave people behind. When I move, I want everybody to move along. But some of you deliberately are stubborn and you don't want to move along. So now we shall use a bulldozer and move you along. Will you move with me? <laughs> Whether you will move or not, I will move you. I will move you on my knees, and I will move you physically. If I have to increase the headmaster's anointing, I will do it. But it's for your good, and it's for the good of the game. Please take your seats. Most of us in this place are in JHS, right? The majority of us are in JHS. And most of us fall between the ages of 13 and 15. When the children graduate from the children's service, we'll spend a lot more time to talk about some of these things. But that age bracket, 13 to 15, is a very critical stage in your life. Please listen to me very carefully. It's a very critical stage in your life. And you will face all kinds of things. You will face a lot of peer pressure. There are some things that you didn't need to use to think about. Suddenly it becomes so strong on your mind. 
And one of the setbacks is that you feel that nobody cares about you, nobody loves you. You are easily prone to depression. If I should take a survey now, I'm sure about 80% of us are going through what I'm talking about. I know, I don't need to ask you. I've been in this ministry for too long to understand. Some of you are prone to very deep depression. And sometimes you don't even understand why you're going through the depression. It's part of the teenage life. Some of you even get to this. And that's why some of you don't like me. I know. That's why some of you don't like me. And some of you don't like some facilitators. And sometimes some of you even don't like some of your siblings. Sometimes when demonic issues also come in, it can become such an oppression which can move to hate. Or you feel that people hate you. And for some people, sometimes they are pushed to the point where they actually want to take their life. They want to die. I know what I'm talking about. I've had to intervene in several cases in Teen Chapel. And some facilitators have also had to intervene. Sometimes we have to talk to siblings. Sometimes we have to talk to parents. And we know what you are talking about. So please, if you find yourself going through any of these things, it is not that strange. It's quite normal with your age, especially between 13 and 15. When you turn 19 to 21, it's another phase that you also go to. We will not talk about it because most of you are not there. So when you find yourself going through any of these things, please see any facilitator for help. Open up to somebody that you are free with. So when we start our Bible study groups in smaller groups, feel free to talk to your facilitators about anything, especially this issue of depression and uh, the, the, I don't know what, what's the word? Being pushed into suicide or suicidal thoughts, okay? Don't meditate on those things. Don't focus on them. We'll help you to get out of them. Are you with me? I hope you follow what I'm saying. At the end of this month, we'll have a three-day fast. Whether you like it or not, we shall have it. And if you don't do it, we will know. So on the last Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the month, I think it's uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th, we are fasting. 28th Friday, we are fasting. 29th Friday, uh, 28th Thursday, we are fasting. 29th Friday, we are fasting. And 30th, which is a Sunday, we are fasting until we close service. And on the 29th, we'll have a special prayer time in this place. And the Sunday service will be a different type of service altogether. Okay. So please take note and then uh, prepare yourself. Um, I think these are the announcements that I um, have to share with us. Um, next Sunday, we'll be having a, a special guest uh, 
minister to minister to us. Unfortunately, I'll not be in church next Sunday. Uh, so. Some of you are happy. <laughs> but seriously, we're going to be talking a lot about revival. Okay. And I, I think for the, um, for the next couple of uh, weeks, I'll take about 10 minutes every Sunday to talk about personal revival. Okay? And I want you to be serious about this. And I was wondering where you were standing. Okay. <laughs> I want us all to be serious about this. Okay? And the first serious things that you should be doing are the simple things. What I taught you last Sunday. What Auntie Gina reminded us to do. What Uncle Nicholas has just talked to us about. Intercession always begins this way. And by the way, like Auntie Nicholas said, all of us, we have been called to intercession though. It's not only intercessors who are called to intercession. Those who are called to intercession is a special gift and a special ministry. But apart from that, all of us are supposed to be intercessors. And let me tell you how intercession always starts. Uncle Nicholas has given us a very good uh, introduction, has given us some examples, and has given us some testimonies. Every intercession, whether you, it's the gift of intercession, ministry intercession, or the general intercession that all Christians are supposed to pray for other people. Are you listening to me? It always begins with a burden. They haven't closed. No, that's why I'm talking plenty. I'm just closed now. They haven't closed. That's why I'm talking plenty. So don't worry. Intercession always... Hey, by the way, let's take the conscious office so I don't talk too much. Intercession always begins with a burden. And what is a burden? Yesterday I was chatting with a facilitator. And the facilitator was so burdened about uh, evangelism. And was pouring out his heart to me. And he was even suggesting that he thinks that we should have a special time for uh, a focus on evangelism in the church. And I said, yes, we have to. And we'll be doing it. But then you see, when, when you begin to have that kind of burden, what happens to you? Are you listening to me? Listen, no. It's the Holy Spirit talking. It's not just Uncle Bishop talking, no. When you have that burden, it's like you are so concerned about a particular problem that you wish everybody sees the problem the way you see it. But the truth is that not everybody will see it that way. And that is the reason why when we come to church and it's time for praise and worship, a lot of the time, you see, you see the praise and worship leader, you cannot understand why you're not praising God. Because that praise and worship leader has prepared himself or herself, is so burdened and into the praise and worship. And when he's trying to lead you, you're not, what's wrong with these people? The problem is that you have a burden. Some people don't have a burden. So, when you have 
a burden. Please, I'm stop everything that's and listen to me. Okay. I think you finished taking the colonials of reading and writing the names now. When you have a burden, the first thing to do about that burden, the first thing that tempts you to do, the first temptation you receive to do about the burden is you want to talk to everybody about the burden and you want everybody to see the burden the, the way you see it and you want everybody to come with you to solve the, the problem that the problem or that burden. That is a natural thing to do. Don't do that. When you have a burden, the first thing is to start praying about that burden. And the more you pray about the burden, the more that burden intensifies. Sometimes that prayer can lead to a ministry. I know many of you don't understand what I'm saying, but just take it like that. But listen to the instruction. When you have a burden about something, start praying about that thing. Spend a lot of time to pray in tongues about that thing. Talk to a facilitator about what you are going through. If you come across any other person who has a similar burden, team up with the person and start praying. You don't necessarily need to meet together, but you can decide that at certain times of the day, you pray together about that burden. And sometimes when you begin to pray about such burdens, God may begin to give you instructions that you must follow. And just follow the, those instructions. They develop into ministries. And as you follow those ministries, I assure you, God will honor you, he will bless you. You follow some of those things and your academic life will change. You follow some of those things and then chronic sicknesses will change in your life. You follow some of those things and changes will come in your parents' life. You haven't prayed for them. You don't know how it happens, but that's God's formula. So don't joke with burdens and don't joke with this ministry of intercession, praying for other people, because that is God's agenda. And sometimes that's how God uses people to develop them for life. I, are you getting what I'm getting? You see, you see what I'm going through now? I have a certain burden that you people don't have. You, you understand what I'm saying? Just like how Uncle Nicholas was, at the stage when Uncle Nicholas was sharing something, I was asking myself, this boy, do they even understand what Uncle Nicholas is saying? At the stage, he gave a testimony, because nobody even clapped. And I said, do we understand the testimony? You want to be told, clap before you clap. No, you, you're, you're clapping, your expression, your shouting, your your joy, your smile is a reaction to that revelation that you receive from the testimony or from the word of God. You don't have to be told before you do it. If you notice one thing about me, I hardly ask people to do a specific thing when I'm preaching or when I'm teaching. There's nothing wrong with it, but I hardly do it. You're doing it should be the close now. Eh? Okay, so I should stop talking. You're, you're, you're doing it is a response to what God is doing in your life. Okay? These are all snippets of revival. I'll be talking about this. Shall we share the grace together? 
May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all nine evermore. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And please practice what you have been told to do. And pray for somebody else, not just yourself.